Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design, a podcast that teaches you how to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm a professional interior designer, realtor, and advanced feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me an energy design expert, helping you find, create, and design the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Hell yeah, let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Amanda Gates. And today's show is all about how to get your power back via your subtle energy system. My guest, author Lillian So of The So Method, has written an incredible book called So Empowered. I love that she has written about this. I learned about the subtle energy body in the late 90s and this wisdom that, you know, some people know but a lot of people don't, but it's really something that everyone should understand. It's basically cultivating your chi, it's just from a different perspective. When I talk about cultivating your chi, this is what we're working on. This is what we're cultivating. It's the subtle energy system that surrounds us. It's five layers of energy. And what a lot of people don't realize is that things start to manifest in this subtle energy way before it actually hits our body. So when something actually manifests physically, illness, you know, headaches, anything like that, it's already occurred in your energy. So I am thrilled that Lillian has written this book for a new generation of seekers. This is not new information. It can be found all the way back into Vedic wisdom, deep in the Upanishads, and it's not taught. Nobody, you know, we don't learn this in school. We don't learn this unless we seek it out. And you don't know what you don't know, right? But it's necessary for people to learn about this. It's necessary for new teachers like Lillian to bring this information to the forefront and teach it for modern times. And what I've come to know is that even if something has been around for thousands and thousands of years, that doesn't mean that everyone's aware of it. That's at least what I've learned. Our society, you know, unfortunately, it teaches things like history, science, mathematics. It's so boring. (laughs) Rarely do we see an educational system discuss energetics and how it can improve our lives. But guess what, folks? This is the future of medicine. No longer will we be relying on synthetics. We won't be relying on synthetic drugs, synthetic measures, None of that's going to heal ourselves as we continue to evolve and our systems continue to vibrate higher. As we start to elevate, all of that shit's going to fall to the wayside. Why? Because it doesn't have the high vibrational frequency that we need to go into 5D. So that's what's so important about this new information or rather old information for modern times coming out. This is how we're going to improve our health. This is how we're going to improve our chi. And in the future, I'm going to guess about 10 to 20 years, we are going to improve our system, not through those synthetics, but it's going to be through light, sound, and vibrational healing. This is how our chi is going to stay happy, healthy, and fluffy. So... I envision us going into tubes, much like MRIs. And instead of it being a thumping, scary, loud noise that, you know, gives us scary, thumping information, it's going to infuse us by touching this subtle energy system. But it's going to give us beautiful light therapy, sound therapy, high vibrational frequencies, and we're going to come out renewed. So Lillian is basically touching that primordial light just above. We're not quite there yet. But the good news is, is through her book, she's waking up a new set of seekers. She is tapping into that collective shift of where evolution is headed. This is all very exciting stuff. 
I'm so excited that she is bringing this wisdom back around for new people that are waking up that may not have heard of this, that may not have known about this, or maybe you've heard about it somewhere along your path and maybe didn't fully understand it. So we're going to dive deep today about what these five layers are and how we can really tap into them. Because if you're feeling disempowered, sad, frustrated, burnt out, jaded, maybe you just feel plain stuck. Understanding the subtle energy is going to be your ticket to bliss. Literally. How cool is that? Quick reminder, if you're interested in getting your feng shui corrected and healed, don't forget that we have online booking. You can just hop on over to gatesinteriordesign.com to learn more about that. And if you want to learn more about feng shui, I've got a whole bunch of fantastic online courses. Head on over to courses.gatesinteriordesign.com. Awesome. Are you guys ready to dive in? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hey, Lillian. Welcome to the show. Hello, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. I'm excited to have you on. I, um, you know, I really enjoyed your book, uh, So Empowered, Discover the Five Layers of the Body to Take Control of Your Life. I love this because um, I actually started learning about the uh, subtle energy uh, around our body, the five layers. I actually learned this in the nineties. I was originally working with Eric Dalset and some other energy clearers, clearers mm. and, and then, uh, went on to work with Raymond Grace and several other big ones. Um, but you know, I just found myself as I was going through the book, just saying like, yes, yes, yes. That more people need to know this. And, um, not that this is any of my business and you don't have to give me an exact number, but I was curious, are you in your twenties, thirties, or forties? I'm in my late thirties, late thirties. So, um, I find this curious that, you know, a lot of 20 year olds that I talk to, they, uh, I, I swear to God, they're coming in. The younger generation is coming in with different software and, and they seem to, um, I don't know if they're learning this or more aware of this, but I really resonated. You said in your book that uh, when you were working for a high-end gym in San Francisco, you were working your ass off, Mm -hmm. but you didn't feel seen, loved, or appreciated no matter how hard you worked or tried to prove, you know, yourself to others. And you Mm -hmm. felt this sense of emptiness, loneliness, and low-grade anxiety. Mm -hmm. I resonated so much with this because I feel like especially older women we didn't come in with that software there. Like, I feel like the younger, like one of my best friends is 33 and like that girl is empowered. Like Mm. she came in with the software and like, she has an inner fire in her that I'm just, sometimes I'm in awe of and like, I'm in my late forties and I'm just Mm. like, where is this coming from? (laughs) But I think that that experience is really what gave you your dark night of the soul and really kind of woke you up to make you take action. So what was it about that experience that made you take action to get to where you are now? Yeah, thank you for asking. So, you know, it's funny, because first of all, I would say, at that time, when I was feeling that emptiness, or like that something was missing, I actually did not have that language at that time. At that time, I had no idea that being seen was a thing. I had no idea that, uh, that there were that needs were such a thing. I had no idea that there was such a thing as, oh, like, I need safety, I need to be heard, I need to be seen. Like, I had no idea that was even a thing, which is obviously why I was feeling so depleted, and so forth. And I will say it is pretty incredible now, you know, as I serve younger populations, uh, you know, I I serve everyone across the board, but especially when I come in contact with some of my younger clients, like I am really amazed at how much more of the language and the awareness that they have in a way that I totally didn't in my 20s. You know, I have clients coming in already equipped with a lot of uh, this awareness and this language of like, you know, I'm not really feeling valued at work. And I'm just realizing that I'm not feeling really seen or heard. And I just and I don't really know how to get myself out or or how I can quit or I or how I can turn this around. So the fact that they are are actually even able to name that when they first come in to work with me is just amazing because I had 
no idea that was even a thing at that time. For me, at that time, all I knew was that I was just not feeling like myself. I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm working my ass off. I'm living in this beautiful city. Uh, Things should be feeling better, but I'm not feeling better. As a matter of fact, I'm feeling more burned out than ever. I'm replaying conversations in my head. I'm starting to feel really insecure all of a sudden when I was never really that person. And then eventually the moment, the big moment was when I had a panic attack. And I did not even know that it was a panic attack at that time either. And so I called my little brother and I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on. And he was the one that was like, oh, this is a dude, this is a panic attack. And I was like, (laughs) oh. And so cut a long story short, it was in that moment that I was like, oh, my God, how did I get here? Like, what is going on? Like, I've never experienced anything like this before. I've never felt so out of control of my emotions. I felt like I was not in control of my emotions. I was crying. I was having insomnia. I was like, something is breaking. And I have no idea what it is, why it's, why it's happening. So that was really the moment where I was like, all right, I got to hit the pause button. I got to do something about this. And, and I got to, I got to talk to somebody. I got to, I got to go see somebody. I got to get some kind of help. I don't know what I got to do, but this ain't it. And so that was really the beginning for me. And then after that was when I started discovering all these different things like, oh, energy, (laughs) mind-body connection. Oh, like being seen is a need. Oh my God, like we need to be heard. I had no idea. So that was, you know, how it all started (laughs) to answer your question. (laughs) Well, I just, I really resonated with that because your story was so similar to mine. We were talking before the the show that, you know, I've been writing this book and literally I shared the story in the introduction and I too had had a panic attack. I too was falling apart. I too had no idea what the hell was going on. And Mm. I'm like, how is it? And as I was reading it, I was like, Lillian has to be older because there, she, she is writing and experiencing a very similar experience that I feel that a lot of women of this generation have had. And we didn't have the words. And there was this paradigm, there was so the the patriarchy was still so much heavier than that. It wasn't okay to say such things like Mm -hmm. you wanted to power through, you wanted to buck up, you wanted to have the the crazy lifestyle and prove your worth because you you were trying to keep up with the boys. I'm just as good. I'm just as smart. And God forbid, don't speak up you know, don't say things like I need to be seen and heard. And I want to be listened to because that's less than you're now showing weakness. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I used to pride myself on thinking that, oh, I fought for everything. You have no idea how hard I've worked to get here. You have no idea what I've sacrificed or how much I've killed myself. You have no idea the kind of crazy hours I keep and the the level in which I operate. Like I used to wear that like a badge of honor, you know, like how incredibly busy I was, how I was getting up at 4.45 in the morning and working until 10 o'clock at night. I mean, I really thought that that made me, I thought that was what made me a badass. (laughs) Straight up, I was like, I was like, look at what a badass I am. What's that? It really, the thinking was, you know, that's what makes me special because right. I have the, the ability and, and the um, stamina to keep up with the boys. I have the stamina to keep up with everybody else and I will outrun you. I will outdo you. I will outsmart you, work you, you know, plug in whatever you want. And the thing is, is that I'm really noticing with the younger generation, they're, they're coming in with different software. They're coming in with a lightness to them that not only do they have the language and understand this, but they have a spiritual awareness to take a step back and go, y'all are a bunch of dum-dums. This <laughs> isn't how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, you know, the rest of us are like, yes, it is. We have to work hard. Like we have to kill ourselves. And, and like my, my friend, Amy, she's the one I was talking about. She's 33. And, and she's like, no, like I, I would like five years ago, I would text her and I'd be like, hey, did you get this done? And where are you at with this? Because we would work on projects. And she's like, yeah, I have that on my calendar on Friday. And I'm like, well, what the F are you doing now? And she's like, I'm reading. And I'm like, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> but they understand that mind body connection innately and they like come in with boundaries and there's no faltering they're like they, they just there's they have an inner knowing that balance is necessary to keep your equilibrium yeah i mean it's definitely shifting the consciousness is shifting the awareness is shifting and it's so cool to watch because i definitely you know did not grew up with that, you know, I definitely grew up with the old school mentality of, you know, only crazy people go to therapy, right? Like, like, if you go to therapy, like, that's taboo, you shouldn't talk about it, you shouldn't let anyone know, because people are going to think there's something wrong with you, etc. And what's so cool now is, I was talking to a few uh, recent college grads, so they're literally like 21 years old, over the summer. And I was I was talking to them about a few different things. They were doing some assistant work for this launch that I was doing with my co-author of this other book. Anyways, and I was telling them about what I do and, you know, what I do with my community and my clients and whatever. And they were like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. Like, you know, they were saying how they were into those things, too. And I was like, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Y'all are into that kind of stuff. Like you just got out of college. And they were like, oh, yeah, like it's, you know, almost everybody I know has a therapist. And I was like, really? And they were like, oh, yeah, like, it's weird if someone doesn't have a therapist. Like, we actually think like, oh, well, why don't you have a therapist? Like, <laughs> don't you like talk to someone about that? Like, like, how aware even are you if you don't even have a therapist? It's like just so complete opposite of how I was raised or, or, or the narrative that I was raised under. So, yeah, it is very, very cool. The, the newer generation is definitely more hip to it. They're more aware. They're seeking it. You know, they value mental health. They are getting more tapped in and tuned into, you know, spirituality and what that means and, and how they, you know, how it helps them connect to the world and their potential and all. It's just very cool. <laughs> very it cool. is. It, and it, you know, I, I think about like, you know, I really started getting into it myself when I was in college, which was in the nineties. And, you know, it, it literally took me, um, 20 plus years to get to where I am because the first 15 were so taboo. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we had to practice spirituality and, and, and do these things in a, in a very quiet way because it wasn't so cool. And like now everybody's doing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I so resonate with that. You know, when I first started down my rabbit hole as well, and I, I, I love what you're sharing with me. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I resonate too. Because I feel like my journey was you know, a, a decade before it was something that I was like, you know what, I need to put this together and I need to start delivering this and, and share it with the world. But prior to that, when I was first starting down my rabbit hole of therapy and spiritual work and healing and this, that, and the other, even my own close friends would kind of give me the side eye and be like, cool, Lil, like, do you, you know, we're happy for you. But literally I've had even my own best friends, uh, a couple of different best friends be like, okay, that's cool. And all, but Hey, you know, like, just don't spend all your money on therapy. Okay. And I was like, what, what is, what is that supposed to mean? Like, don't spend all your money on therapy. <laughs> I'm like, is that what you think I'm doing? <laughs> First of all, I'm like, Oh, that's kind of a weird uh, statement to make, but yeah, no. So, so I really resonate that with that a lot that you probably felt like it, it had to be something that was kind of under wraps in a sense, right? Until it became more and more, I don't know, ex accepted mainstream until you, you probably started finding other like-minded people, more community. And then I'm sure at that point, it became less of a taboo thing for you too. Yeah. I think that, you know, I, I had always been the weird kid. Like I, I was always the weird kid. I was always into special rocks as my mom called them. <laughs> That's um, awesome. You know, I was always in, I was fascinated, which now I realize it's because I'm a Scorpio, but like, I'm fascinated with death and near death experiences. Mm. And I was reading, um, very heavy near death experience books. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Uh, Newton, uh, I mean, there's so many fantastic books that are out there on near death experiences and, mm. uh, Raymond Moody. And, and like, I was reading all this when I was 15, 16 years old and, wow. uh, you know, I, I was always the weird kid, but I, I felt like I, I had to be closeted and I had to be quiet about it, um, because mm. it was so taboo and like, 
um, you, you talk about, you know, uh, in your uh, Chicago neighborhood, how there was so many different religions and beliefs and um, going to church was considered spirituality. And, right. you know, for me, my parents always tried to get me to go to church. And that is one thing that I can say that I did have innately in me is that I always told my mother, I will never go to a church because the land of God is within me. And she, oh my God, I love that. She honored that and she never made me go, but it was because it never resonated with me. I never wow. resonated with what the preacher was telling me about, you know, if you do this, you're, you're sinning and you're doing wrong. And I'm like, no, that doesn't <laughs> resonate with me. <laughs> that but, is amazing. You are, you are definitely, you are definitely a Scorpio child, just a truth seeker. You're like, no, nah, I don't know about this. This doesn't resonate. I'm going to find my own way and my own truth. And I'll, I'll get to the bottom of this myself. I'm going to burn this shit down. Yeah. How powerful. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So um, I, I'd like to dive into, you know, as the, the listeners are listening to this and, and you know, the, the idea of uh, the subtle energy that is around our body. Um, mm-hmm. You talk about uh, the five layers and, and how to utilize this spiritual wisdom of this energy that surrounds us mm-hmm. and how, you know, it, it's a lot of information, but it sounds like uh, from the book, you you really started diving into it from yoga. Um, yep. And I was super happy to see that you're also doing or, or we're doing acupuncture. I've done acupuncture off and on. And like, um, I just, I love the idea of doing energy work and things like that because I'm all about chi and everything. And so I, I think that when you do holistic measures, uh, I don't care what it is, yoga, astrology, feng shui, right. uh, acupuncture, it, it just puts you in touch with God. Absolutely. And so I think in a lot of ways, when you uh, can embrace that, it opens you up. And so you learned about the koshas um, or these five layers. So tell the audience what they are and, you know, why the hell does this matter? Yeah, absolutely. Why does this matter? Oh my goodness, man. It, I mean, it, for me, it matters because it changed my life. (laughs) And I know, and I know it will change other people's lives as well when they realize that they are such complex, multi-layered, multifaceted. I mean, I think everyone knows that they are, but when you have a simple framework, like the koshas, like the five layers of the body, all of a sudden you can just make so much more sense of it. And you actually feel like you can manage it and, and take control of your life, quite literally, like the subtitle of my book. And so let's start at the beginning. So the five layers of the body is basically uh, all inspired from what I learned in yoga. And when I was going through my yoga studies, uh, I first started in what I call yoga school, to just simply learn basic yoga philosophy, yoga science, you know, to really understand it as a medicine more than anything. I wasn't really interested in learning the postures and the poses. You know, I had started my career in fitness. I wasn't really in it to like learn how to do yoga poses. I really wanted to understand the science and the philosophy behind it all. And so right out the gate, like right when I started my yoga studies, one of the first things we learned was that in yoga, the goal Yoga literally means to yoke. It means to unite. It means to get connected to not only yourself, but to God, source, universe, whatever you want to call it. And we do that when we are able to yoke all five koshas. And kosha is the Sanskrit for sheaths or layers. And so the idea is that the body has five layers. And when we are able to connect, unite, integrate, balance all of them, that is when we can feel that sense of enlightenment, that connection to God, that connection to something bigger than us and so forth. And so the five layers of the body is not only your physical body, but you also have an energetic body, a mental emotional body, a spiritual wisdom body, and a bliss body. And so a lot of times, obviously, like in mainstream medicine and things like that, we often only talk about the physical body, right? Even when we talk about health or illness, it's always just really processed through just the physical body, right? Like, oh, your body is doing this and, you know, your heart failed in this way or your organs aren't functioning in this way or whatever. But we never talk about all these other aspects that could be affecting your health and your happiness and your 
and your quality of life in general, right? No one's really talking about how your energy may be affecting, like, and the energies that you're surrounded by, how they may be affecting your health, or how the quality of your thoughts, or the festering of emotions and feelings that you're not working through may also be affecting your quality of life or your health and happiness. So these are all the things that I break down inside of my book, uh, and basically giving you a step-by-step manual on how to actually take care of yourself on all five of these layers. Yeah, I think it's great because I'm, you know, a a lot of people that I have on the show, they, they talk about these things and, you know, because I've been in the closet for 20 plus some years, I'm only 19 though. So I don't know how that's possible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, but it always fascinates me when something like this um, it's like, uh, ancient wisdom for modern times. It, it, right. It's st- something that when you're talking about the Vedic wisdom, it, it's been around for uh, millennia. And totally. it's so interesting to me that there's this resurgence of people finding utopia through uh, spiritual wisdom that's been around forever, but has been ignored, especially like in the last several hundred years of, mm-hmm. you know, especially the last 100 of the industrial revolution years. Right. Um, but you talk about in your book, I loved this and, and we always hear this, but I don't know if we really are listening to this is that you talk about the power of no and really setting boundaries. And mm. I think that this is so important. It is such a key ingredient to preserve what you call valuable energy. And mm. this makes perfect sense to me. And, and definitely I can say that with my uh, older age, um, I've gotten very set in my ways, maybe slightly cranky. And I have <laughs> no problem saying no to people like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. But why do people struggle so much with this? Why do they give their power, their energy away? Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so many reasons for this, right? I mean, first of all, let's take it all the way back to, you know, what we learn when we're children, right? We're taught especially to be nice. women. And, and women too. Yeah, especially. Absolutely. I mean, we're taught to be polite. We're taught to be um, cooperative. We're taught to be nice. Yeah, we're taught to basically, in many ways, we're taught to put other people before ourselves, because that's the good, nice, right thing to do. We're taught in a lot of different, not only just even maybe from our parents, maybe our parents didn't teach us that, but, you know, even from what we see, like on television, or what, what we kind of learned through society or culture and things like that. We often praise or celebrate people that are like so giving and so self-sacrificing and we're taught that that's a virtue and we're taught that that's like that's what good people do and you know to a certain degree yes of course being there for other people helping other people being in service I mean you and I both lead a life of living in service like that is what we do right we provide a service we we are living in service all that But there is a difference between being of service uh, and being a martyr. Yeah, and being a martyr, exactly. And just being a people pleaser and and just not being able to actually know the difference between when you are intentionally giving and serving and when you're just giving away energy that you shouldn't even be giving away because you just think you need to be nice or you don't want to disappoint someone or, or you're too afraid of like maybe pissing somebody off if, if, uh, if you say no. And so all of these things get in the way of us actually truly telling the truth. And so a lot of times we're not even aware of that. We're not even connected to that. Like we don't even realize that we're actually depleted. We don't even realize that we actually don't want to take on that project. We don't even realize that this is actually not something that you want to spend your time doing. But because of this old programming, because of this old conditioning, because of our own internalized guilt and whatnot and fear of rejection and abandonment and, and whatever, we just just kind of take on things that we shouldn't and then end up sucking ourselves dry and then wondering why we feel so resentful and, and crotchety <laughs> as we get older. <laughs> and we land up in therapy. Exactly. <laughs> well, it, right. I, I think that 
I wanted to ask that question because it's a beautiful segue. You have a section, and, and this moved me so much. You have a section in the book called Know Who You Are and What You Believe In. Mm. And it's so simple. And yet, I don't know if you would stop somebody on the street right now and ask them, do you know who you are and what you believe in? One, mm. they'd probably look at you like you were crazy. But I don't know that a lot of people can answer those two questions. It's and true. I think that it's so powerful because so many of us, especially as older folks, we have, we hold on to such old programming and old beliefs that are not our own. They do not belong to us. And we, we live our lives based on a belief system that we've been carrying through quite possibly through generations. Mm -hmm. And you actually have some really great questions in the book that you uh, you basically asked yourself on a daily basis for a year. How did that exercise help you get crystal clear about what it is, you know, that big question, who you are and what you believe in? Because I think that's such a pivotal moment for someone to be able to go from where you were, you know, from a place of, I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel loved mm. or appreciated. You know, I, I didn't have words to explain right. uh, to myself. I only had this old narrative, which was a belief system right. to going to this place of realizing that the most important thing is who the hell am I and what is it that I believe in? Mm -hmm. Well, exactly that. Right. So to even just talk about what we where we just left off about, you know, the inability to say no and whatnot. If you don't even really know yourself, then you don't really know what your limits are. You don't know what's okay. You don't know what you like. You don't know what you don't like. I, I used to be that person. I used to be that person that just kind of took on the form of whoever I was dating, for example, right? And so when you don't really have that strong sense of self, you're just like, okay, I'll just do whatever you want. And okay, I guess I'll just say yes to this. And, and even though I don't really want to do this, I guess I'll just say yes, because I want to, you know, be accommodating and whatnot. I think and that's so dependency. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, that too, right? <laughs> yeah, that too, right? Be which is also from old programming, right, that yeah. I learned watching my mom, you know, and it's all very cultural as well. It's very much Korean culture, you know, where you know, they have all these, they, they have these roles and expectations. So these are all the things that I was programmed with. So between my programming and what I learned and how I assumed I was supposed to do things, you know, I would just, I, I had no sense of like who I actually am. So I wasn't able to say no and set boundaries. And then when you do that for long enough, you realize you're like, I just, who even am I? Like, I don't feel seen at all. Like, what am I doing with my life? Like, have I been living for my life? Have I, have I been living for myself at all? I think I've just been following uh, a to-do list that I was given that I didn't even know that I was programmed with from the time that I was a child. And now I'm feeling a little empty and life feels kind of uh, meaningless, <laughs> right? So with that said, when I spent a whole year, I really did Every single day, I did this as an exercise because I really, really wanted to take myself to the next level. You know, I was already, you know, uh, it was in a good, stable place financially. You know, I was in a good place in my life in general, but I really wanted to take myself to the next level, right? Like, what is the next big thing? What is my next big calling in life? What is my next big move that I need to make so that I can continue to tap into my potential so that I can continue to serve, et cetera, et cetera. And so that was why I kept asking myself those questions because I knew at that at the end of the day, if I keep drilling down on that over and over and over and over again, the path would just naturally clear itself for me. I knew that eventually if I, I'm so crystal clear on who I am, then I'll know exactly who I'm not too, right? As a side effect. So at that point, I will know exactly what I want to put my energy into, what I don't want to put my energy into, because I know so clearly who I am. Same goes with my belief system, right? So if I know for sure that I believe in X, Y, and Z, then I will automatically not go towards the things that are you know, out of alignment with that. So, you know, for example, if my belief system, one, one of the things that I absolutely believe in is that the people in your life are your life. That is one of the things that I 
firmly stand by, right? I'm huge on community. I believe in the power of love as cheesy as that sounds. I believe in the power of people. And I really believe that, you know, that's everything, right? The people in your life are your life. And so if in that case, uh, as I'm trying to think about like, what's the next big move for me? Where do I want to expand myself? You know, what do I want to do with my career? What do I want to do with my life? Like whatever. Let's say that I get a really juicy, shiny offer. Some company reaches out to me and they want me to, um, I don't know, you know, invest in and partner with them to, to create some kind of product that ultimately just kind of uh, waters down human connection, right? They want to they scale or they want to commoditize something that, that shouldn't be, right? Because it's, it's actually taking away, it's actually stripping away from the true essence of, of people and, and meaningful connections, right? It's like watering down, like you're, they're just trying to make money off of uh, community, but they don't actually really give a shit about people at all, right? At that point, I would be like, absolutely, that, that's an easy, hard no for me, because that is not in alignment with who I am. And it's not in alignment with what I believe in. And so after spending a year on asking myself that question over and over and over again, the path got clearer and clearer and clearer, because now I know it's like, oh, yeah, I want to put my energy here. Oh, yeah, that's not in alignment. That is the opposite of my belief system. Or, or even people I want to work with, it's like, oh, yeah, I know who I am. And I know what I believe in. And you actually like think what I believe in is crazy. So obviously we're not a good match for each other. So we probably shouldn't partner together, whether it's in business or whether it's dating, whether it's, I don't know, just even going out for tea, you know? So um, that is really where uh, by constantly digging into those simple questions, I was really able to deepen into where I am headed next so that I can continue my journey forward and upward. I just think that's great because I think that we have gotten so accustomed to an instant gratification world uh, that we expect instant results. And I think when you have spiritual matter in your life, the only way that you're going to get results is by really taking the time to sit in silence and reflect and do the work. And so that's such a testament to really getting clear about how to root yourself or ground yourself in who you are and you did the work. And I just thought that was such a beautiful question uh, or questions that I think a lot of people, um, I always say on the show, one of the most valuable things that people should do on a daily basis is cultivate their chi. And, mm. you know, cultivating your chi is all about making sure, it, which it's exactly what you're talking about. It's about taking these five layers of energy. It's our chi system. It's how we operate. It's our life force energy. Um, and if you're giving your power away and if you don't have boundaries and, and like you said, you're, you're saying yes to things that are not in integrity with who you are as an individual, which you can't know mm-hmm. if it is or isn't, if you're not doing the work, um, Exactly. You're not going to have chi that's cultivated. It's going to be lopsided. It's not going to be operating correctly, which, you know, uh, things like acupuncture and things like that absolutely do help with it, but you still have to be able to answer those questions. Exactly. And yeah. I, I just think that's beautiful that you did that work. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like I didn't have a choice at that time. You know, I hit a rough patch along my journey and, you know, the journey is nonlinear and, and that's all part of the story, right? Like because of that rough patch that led me to take these actions, which now then, you know, led me to eventually writing a book and putting it in my book. And then now here we are having a conversation about it. Right. But I hit a rough patch in my journey where I could not see clearly, like I I didn't know what was next. You know, people always say like, Oh, I I'm feeling lost or I'm feeling stuck. And for me, I always say, like, I'm having a hard time, like with vision, like literal, literal and like, you know, third eye vision, right, where it's like, I can't really see what's next. It's, it's cloudy, it's, it's, it's muddled, I'm not really sure where exactly I need to go next. And I know that that's because I'm not doing my inner work right now. I, I know that I... I know that I'm not digging enough. I know that I'm not spending enough time really going inward and really getting crystal clear with myself and tuning into my own wisdom uh, because the answers are all within you. And so I just knew I had to, I felt like I didn't have a choice. I was like, okay, that's is, you know, I, I can't, I can't quick fix band-aid this away with a, with a tarot reading. 
<laughs> you know, um, you know, like as, as much as it would be so easy, you know, to do that and like, okay, my, my daily, my daily flip, my daily card reading is not going to do it. Uh, no astrology reading is going to get me there right now, even though I wish it would, uh, you know, no acupuncture session is going to eventually just magically, you know, have that idea come to, I mean, of course it'll help it. It'll facilitate all of that. But sometimes you got to just do the work. You got to go inward and you got to ask yourself sometimes the same damn question over and over again for yeah. a whole year. <laughs> you got to you got to go through the mud. Um, yeah. I know that we are running out of time, but I really want to. Um, my favorite chapter was chapter six, which is talking about the bliss body. I was uh, taught that it's called the Gaia because she's the goddess of earth body, mm. um, but the bliss body and. I think that what is so valuable about this chapter is again, talking about um, us older folks that don't have the cool software. Um, <laughs> you know, we have always put work and other people's priorities ahead of ourselves. And, and this concept of putting bliss first, like, you know, how do you add more joy in your life? You know, how do you have more play in your life? And it's like, it almost sounds decadent and, and like, oh, well, I don't have time for that nonsense, you know, right. that's how we're it's built. Um, but it's so important. I want everyone to have more bliss and joy in their lives. So, um, you know, how do we access more bliss? What can we do to add more joy to our lives? Yeah, thank you for asking that question. I mean, I've been saying this a lot re recently uh, with my own community and clients and also realizing as I continue to grow my business as well, you know, something that I've been saying is like, if you're not having fun, what's the point? Right. Like, I'm, I'm sure even for you, when you started this podcast, like as much as you were, you know, going through lots of different softwares and figuring it out. And there was a lot of times where it was clunky and frustrating, I'm sure. But also at the end of the day, you're still having fun. I mean, like, it's clear that you have fun doing this. You hold space so well, you know, the conversation flows so easily. And that's so essential. Right. Because at the end of the day, if you're if you're not having fun, like, what's the point? And we do need to work it in. We do need to intentionally weave it into our lives and our actual day-to-day. -day. We often think, and I used to be this person too, we often think like, okay, I'm just going to bust my ass until I can earn that vacation. I can earn that playtime. I can, I, like, we'll do all this and then I can finally play, right? And then next thing you know, we're on that hamster wheel, grinding it out until we finally make it to Friday. But if we are intentionally weaving in fun, play, bliss every single day, then we maintain this lightness. We feel this fulfillment. We feel a joy for every moment, for every day. We are more likely to enjoy the process versus just constantly chasing arbitrary goals and then feeling empty after the fact anyways. And so first things first, intentionally just knowing if you're not having fun, what's the point? Just, just go back to that. Like, am I having fun right now? And if I'm not, like, how can I make this more fun? How can I bring more fun into my life? Just starting with those basic questions. Am I having fun right now? If I'm not, what do I need to do? Maybe I'm not having fun right now at my job, but maybe how can I go and have some fun right now? Let me unplug, put on a song. Let me shake my ass a little bit, do a little dance, call my friend, you know, watch a cat video. I don't know what makes people laugh, you know, <laughs> um, but go and do that. And then also, uh, literally just stop for a moment and take in the beauty around you, right? Go outside, notice how the sun is hitting at the golden hour right now and how it's bouncing off of that window on the building, you know, go outside during sunset and take in the colors in the sky. You know, if there's a full moon, I mean, when have you, I'm, I don't know, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you can resonate with this, but I've never, for once looked at a full moon. Every time I see a full moon, I'm like, oh my God, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so even those moments, right? Like it doesn't even have to be like, oh, I, I have to go and laugh and play and have fun. Yes, those things hit your bliss center, obviously, but even stopping to literally smell the roses, notice nature in its natural glory, taking in a sunset, noticing a child on a playground just laughing like crazy as it's you know throwing sand all over the place notice those moments like that that is just such purity like that is such a moment of pure bliss and when you take that in it does it it hits it hits you in the heart and it cracks you open just for a moment 
And I think when we don't do that enough, the heart, the bliss center, it hardens, it calluses over. And then we lose our spirit. We lose our joy. We stop being present. We stop having fun. And so we have to quite literally exercise that and stimulate that on a regular basis. And so, yes, you can do it through having a quick dance party for yourself, you know, catching up with your girlfriends, making sure that you're laughing, cracking jokes. Don't take life so seriously. Also, just get out in nature. Notice the beauty that's around you because magic is everywhere. (laughs) Really is. I love that you even use the example of, you know, trying on a brand new uh, tube of lipstick, like literally finding joy and seemingly mundane things. And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, this is how people should be living. Like this makes perfect sense to me, but yeah, um, we have, we've really uh, been conditioned to just forge forward and, and it's far too decadent. And I just thought that I really enjoyed that chapter because it, it felt like you were giving us permission, which we don't need, but we were, we were being granted permission to allow ourselves to relax a little bit. Yeah. Have some fun. <laughs> and, and the thing that I, I didn't mention this just now when you first asked me, but you made me just realize uh, also gratitude. Duh. I mean, I know so many people who have struggled to connect to gratitude. Like I will literally think in my mind, like, gosh, this person just has no gratitude. This person cannot connect to that. And, and when I see that someone just cannot connect to gratitude, I know that this person also struggles to, I know that they have a weak bliss center. I know that that bliss center has not been activated because someone who has a really healthy bliss center, someone who has a healthy bliss body, I know that they can tap into gratitude, even if they don't practice it, you know, all the time per se, right? They have a natural sense of gratitude. They have appreciation. Like even when they get a new tube of lipstick and they're like, oh my gosh, like, look at how beautiful this color is. And and they they feel those moments of appreciation and joy and gratitude in the day-to-day. And so all of that is so incredibly important to make sure that you are keeping that bliss body healthy and well. Well, I must be blissed the freak out because I'm like, it was funny just now as you were talking about, you know, gratitude for little things. Um, my mom just texted me and I, I literally, I sent her a card two days ago and just told her how grateful I was that she was my mama and I loved her Aww. so much and thanked her for everything. And like, just, I just felt the need to let her know. And literally, as you were talking about that, she just texted me. She said, I got my mama card. I'm like, oh, (laughs) that is awesome. Oh, my gosh. I need to do that. That's so that is amazing. That's beautiful. I'm blissed the frick out over here, man. I tell everybody like you matter. I love you. You're amazing. You're great. And I like I will literally sit down every night when I eat my meal. And I'm like, thank you, God, for this fork. (laughs) Thank you for this bowl. Thank you for this food. I mean, I am like. I'm so stupid. I, I like literally I'll have a gl- gl- cup of tea. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so grateful for this tea. Oh, my gosh. I feel you. I do that every time I get into bed. I, you know, I like I live by myself. And every time I get I'm like, oh, yes, this is so great. I will literally say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> we are blissed out, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. You know, it's like, again, like you don't have to go to a comedy show to hit your bliss center. You can just literally appreciate everything you have all the time. Just make that a practice. And life really opens up for you. It's, it's amazing. I agree. Well, I know that we are coming up on time. You've got to go. Um, I just, I really, there were so many fantastic things about this book. And I think it's, um, again, it's about bringing ancient wisdom to modern times. And, and I often forget that, you know, there are people that have never heard of this concept and have no idea about uh, the subtle energy around us. And, and I think mm-hmm. it's just so great that um, you've brought it back to our awareness, like a little reminder, like, Hey, like here's some additional tools to help mm-hmm. you get, you know, healthy and well again. Um, but I, I did want to ask you, you know, it's such a great way to, to tap into our authentic power and to really get clear about who we are and what it is that we believe in, but what is your greatest hope for this book? What do you really hope people take away from it? Mm. I think my greatest hope for this book is honestly uh, accessibility and ease that 
it is actually possible for you to take control of your life, for you to feel so empowered with these everyday, day-to-day applicable action steps. To me, I consider this book like a human operating manual. It's like, I know it may seem complex, but it's, it's, really, it's really not that complicated, right? Maybe complex, but it's not complicated. And so with this human operating manual, I hope that you can see just how simple it is to start taking control of your life, how you can tap into deep ancient wisdom, how you can get connected to things that seem too out there and too woo in such a simple, digestible, accessible way. And you can start right away and you really can transform your life. Like you have the choice, you have the power, uh, so much more than you may realize. And I think that is ultimately uh, the ripple that I hope I can create with this book. Well, I think it's great. And I'm just going to say there's no such thing as too much woo, man. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know. (laughs) Let's get freaking spiritual. I love it. Um, I I think that um, it is a great operating manual. And I think it's, it's important for people to know that things manifest in our energy far sooner than they manifest in our physical body. And so our, our, uh, our, our spidey senses are constantly communicating with us um, things that are going on in our energy, like, uh, the little check engine light that comes in, in our car. And we, you know, have a tendency to ignore it, uh, and power through and push through. And then we wonder why we have panic attacks. Yep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so if people are interested, the book is called so empowered, discover the five layers of the body to take control of your life. If people are interested in learning more about you, Lillian, where do they go? How do they stalk you? Yeah, well, first of all, you can visit my website, thesomethod.com. Uh, if you want to go to a traditional website, you can visit thesomethod.com. Honestly, I've been you know, ending a lot of interviews with keeping it really simple and saying, you know, we all know how to use a search engine. We all know how to use the Google. Put my name in there, Lillian So. You'll, and then so many different pages will pop up. You'll get, you know, I'm sure uh, you can find my book on Amazon, obviously, but you know, if you just put my name into Google, you'll start to find various different rabbit holes, right? Because I have multiple websites and resources out there. You, you know, if you put my name and you'll probably find my YouTube channel and then you'll probably find my Instagram and you'll find all these things. So, <laughs> you know, just go to the internet and do what most people do, which is just put in my name, Lillian. So, or you can visit my website, The Cell Method. I'm very highly engaged with people that, um, that interact with me online. So, you know, if you happen to find me on Instagram at SoFit, SF or at Meet Lillian. So slide through my DMs. Give me a follow. I will get back to you. No one else manages myself but me. So, you know, I'm always super excited to connect with a listener, a reader, or anybody that just wants to, you know, connect. So holler at your girl. Woohoo. Well, thank you for taking the time today to sit down with me and talk about these awesome koshas of our body and get weird wooey with me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Amanda. I appreciate you. <laughs>